Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 285. It is Sunday, March 10th, as we record. I'm David Lott. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And Michelle Hillard. Hi, everyone. Hello. What's up, guys? How was your week? How's everybody? Busy. Busy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, apparently it was like, the theme of the week then, because, yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy week. Yeah. <laughs> um, cheers to a new week, as a whole. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, with that, uh, what are we waiting on? Let's just get right into Let's get real here. What happened this weekend? Here. Captain Marvel happened this weekend. She happened big time at the box office. She uh, she did pretty well. What, 153 domestically? Yeah, she uh, pretty much crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the troll war, whatever you want to call that, that's going on around this movie did not did not work. <laughs> so not um, even a little bit. Like no. it was embarrassing. Like and it's like at the same time with that said, like let's address that for a second. Like why? Like why really? Why troll and just like blatantly hate on a movie for what whatever the fuck reason? Excuse my language, but it's like why do why is that necessary? Like why, if you're going to write a review or just say, like, hey, I didn't like it because of this, or hey, I, I loved it because of this, but why actually intentionally go after this movie and try and destroy it? So I was going to ask maybe if, Bobby, you could touch up on this, because I have a feeling you maybe you know it best. But, I mean, from my understanding, I think it's mostly surrounding the fact that she had made some comments that I think were completely misinterpreted about males or white males coming to screenings of the, of the film. Is that what this all had to do with Bobby? No, that's only part, part of the equation. I think there's some of that because Brie Larson had made a statement where she was saying that, you know, she wanted at her film junkets to be, have more. That's right. Inclusive more inclusive audience of, of reporters and people took that statement as she said it to mean that she didn't want white males to be at her uh, film junkets, but oh, she Jesus. was just saying she wanted more people of different backgrounds and different people of color as well right. to be able to be a part of these film junkets and wanted to see more of that. And people, and then even on the best of intentions of people who read it properly, they still want to label that as being social social justice warrior, and then they're just immediately against it because that seems to be a bad thing to be if you're a, a social, social justice warrior. So there's that, but then also upon that, there's pushback because there's people who don't want Marvel, Disney succeeding, who are on that other side of the fence, who may like DC properties, so there's that group in there as well. And then there's the other group of people who don't want <laughs> a woman superhero movie to do well. And so they're pushing against that as well. So it was fighting against all these different things from all these different, you know, types of people who basically have nothing better to do with their lives other than campaign against a movie that it's not really obviously as we've seen this weekend working. So uh, hopefully after this, they'll just realize that what they're doing isn't having any kind of effect and they'll just drop it. Right. 
like, yeah, seriously, let it go. It's just like, I mean, how how much time do you have on your hands to just completely misinterpret anything that's being said in this retrospect of like, you know, what she was saying? It's like, yes, because inclusive and having a diverse, you know, opinion when it comes to reporters is a bad thing. Like, really? Like, that's what you took from that. Like, you wanted to take the most negative output from what she said, it sounds like, at all. Right. That's exactly what it sounds like. I... <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, uh, we've all seen the movie, so let's get to, you know, better better business here, and uh, let's talk about what we thought about the film. Um, and I'm curious to hear from you, everybody, but uh, Yasha, why don't we start with you? What did you think of Captain Marvel? Spoiler free, of course. Oh, God damn it. I thought we were going to go to the Bowl of Destiny, you bastard. <laughs> Okay. The, bowl, the bowl's like across right. the room. Like way, way it. on the other side of the room, man. <laughs> it's, it's in hibernation until like next year's top 10 show, I think. Well, we usually go to the bowl for things like this. Okay. Um, as far as what I thought, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was pretty badass. Like, I feel like they missed the mark a couple of times when it came to some of the humor that they're going for. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Like, I could sit down and watch it probably again tomorrow. Um, Maybe not in the theater, but if I had it on digital release or something like that, I could probably go through it again and just really enjoy it. Um, I thought the special effects were fantastic when it came to Coulson and, well, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, the gentleman who plays Coulson, um, Craig, Craig, um, Clark Gregg, David, uh, Clark, Clark Gregg, yeah, Clark Gregg, yeah, um, the special effects to have them de-aged in the entire movie, like, that was pretty awesome like i was just kind of blown away with how amazing our special effects have come you know i mean yeah we can make somebody fly and stuff like that that's not even an issue anymore but like to have the up close interaction with these you know actors and they're young like i was just like blown away but yeah i mean i i enjoyed the movie for the most part i, I really did like it like i thought it was done very very well um like i said i, I mean i wish they had um left some of the humor from the trailers for the movie theater. Um, Cause you know, sometimes they release a little bit too much of the funny parts, but overall I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. I, I dug it. Nice. Is it one of my favorites or is it one of my top 10 favorites for the Marvel universe? No, probably not. Um, I was actually just sitting here while we were setting up and talking. I just was thinking, I was like, okay, like, so when all of these are available on DVD and stuff like that, you know, because this takes place before the events of Iron Man, it's like, what would be like, like to set them all up in like chronological order of like what there should be watched in would be so much fun. Like sitting this one in like somewhere just before the Iron Man, you know, right before Iron Man, when that really started and just kind of like go through it that way. Like, you know, Captain America watching Captain America first and then moving along right along. Like after that, like I just thought it was uh, fun. You know, I thought it was, it, it's going to be really fun to like have that mirror, uh, that Marvel marathon. Right. Uh, Bobby, what did you think of the movie? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I, I, me, to me, it felt like a very good, solid start for this character into the MCU. Uh, there was things where I really enjoyed the, the, um, the, the pacing of the movie at the beginning. It was, it started slow ish. But it was world building to me, so I enjoyed that part of it, getting to see different areas of the MCU, corners of the MCU, and and 
getting to kind of learn about her as she was learning about herself. I, I like that plot device in terms of it wasn't just a, uh, a typical origin story where you just start from the beginning and, and she gets her powers and all that. You start with her already having up her power and then you kind of see and go from there. So I, I like that, that way that it was structured and, um, the de-aging, like Yasha mentioned, was so good, especially with um, with Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. That was like perfect. Um, the Clark Gregg stuff, uh, it it was it was weird at times. Honestly, um, there were some things there that looked a little uncanny valley. But for the most part, when it seems like, and, and rightfully so, since Sam Jackson is in pretty much the majority of the movie, they spent the most time trying to make him look right. And I thought they did a fantastic job there. Um, I also really enjoyed finally getting the scrolls into the MCU and what the implications of that could mean later on down the line. Um, I thought Brie Larson did a, a really good job in embodying the character of Captain Marvel. And I, I really wasn't for sure if she was going to be able to just based on some of the other stuff that we had seen. Um, I think we had talked about it during the trailers, how there was a little bit of stiffness, it seems like in some of the line delivery, but once you get to see it all laid out in front of you, I, I felt like she did a fantastic job in terms of being this character. And I'm looking forward to seeing her do more and, and more threats that she will face later on. Um, Overall, I would definitely say it's one of those movies where it felt like to me, like if you stacked up all the Marvel movies, it's it lands somewhere in the middle to middle high area for me, but not as good as some of the other ones. But I think that's also because we've had sequels of some of these other ones. So they've already established their characters and they've gotten to go to a new place in the sequels. Whereas this is still sort of an origin story. So it falls in line with some of the other origin stories that I've really liked, but aren't kind of at the top tier echelon of MCU movies just yet. So, but it, it's a good movie and it's a good first at bat. So I think uh, it has me absolutely looking to see what she does in Endgame and, and beyond. All right, Michelle, what do you think of Captain Marvel? Um, I really, really liked it. I really enjoyed this film a lot. I unfortunately did not love this film. I didn't walk out just going, yes, Captain Marvel is now my favorite. Like, I didn't have that moment. And and maybe I had my expectations set a little high on this one, possibly going into it. And I'll, I'll admit that, that that might be it. But overall, I I really enjoyed it. I, I do like the origin stories, but I found this film's writing and directing to be a little lacking. And I think that that kind of brought it down a little bit. And I will say it was directed by and written by both Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And I know that they can do good work, you know, but this kind of missed the mark for me with them. Like, I just kind of felt like my biggest issues are like the storyline just felt kind of scattered that I feel like her character, I feel like Carol Danvers character kind of gets just kind of lost in this jumble of finding the origin story. And I think it's hard to connect to her really until the last third of the film 
So for most of it, I don't feel like the audience connects with her. And then the other problem is, is unfortunately, and I love Brie Larson. I think she's a fabulous actress. I don't think this was one of her better performances. And I don't necessarily think I think that's on her. I feel like this goes back again to the directors and the writers. I think there's a disconnect of what was going on there and what they were trying to accomplish and what I think was being conveyed to her to get across on the screen. Um, but otherwise though, and I mean, I know that sounds like a lot of hater raid at the same time. Like I really liked this film. Like I found myself really loving the camaraderie between not just Carol Danvers and Nick Fury, but between her and her best friend and just, just seeing, you know, the empowering embodiment that she has of women, you know, like, just what she represents and what she does even before she becomes Captain Marvel. Like she really, you know, pushed boundaries and is what I think a lot of women try to be is a strong, independent thought, you know, forward thinking woman. And I think that's, that's what she was doing. And, and I really liked it. And I liked, I thought the special effects were really great. I liked the, the fight sequences at the end of the film we're good. I feel like the stuff that happened at the beginning of the film, quite honestly, was not very memorable. Like, I feel like I could again forget those fight sequences in the beginning, but then towards the end, I was like, yes, this is awesome. You know, I was super all into it. Um, yeah, no, I, I really, I had a lot of fun. Like, I really, I like the nineties nostalgia of it. I love seeing Agent Coulson, even though he doesn't, you know, he's fresh and he's just a rookie. Like, I enjoyed a lot of the things I like, I like kind of the weird, like, like buddy, buddy cop feel that's going on between Fury and her kind of, they, they seem to have a, a good, good thing kind of going between the two of them. I just wish the film didn't feel so scattered as it does through the first two thirds of the film, but I feel like it really gains its legs there in that third act. I feel like it really finds its, its path and its home and it gets to a comfort spot. And I feel like it was really solid at the end and, and I'm not saying that the end should make up for everything else, but it it if if that hadn't done it, then I wouldn't be praising this film as much as I am. I, I really it it sits really well with me. I'm very happy with this film and the way Marvel has finally brought her into where where we are in the cinematic universe. Uh yeah, I guess that leaves me. Um I don't know. I I guess I'm kind of the same as everybody. <laughs> like I feel like it sounds like we're mostly on the same page. Cause yeah, I really liked the movie. Uh, I also didn't absolutely love it, but I, I really enjoyed it, but yeah, there's, there's things about it, which yeah, I, I wish were a little better, but again, with that said, I, I thought it was a solid MCU film. Not, not my favorite somewhere in the middle. Definitely not my least favorite. There's, there's definitely worse than this. Um, I mean, there's some things about it that like, you know, I, like, the first thing that comes to mind is yeah. Brie Larson. I, I, I will say kind of, you touched on this Bobby and then, you know, you, you just touched on it too, Michelle, Bobby, you mentioned how we had talked about when we watched one of the trailers that her, some of her dialogue, like delivery seemed a little stilted and, and you know, I guess you feel like, yeah, it, it, it turned out that it actually was worked fine. But for me, actually, I found that her performance in the movie to still be kind of similar to what I saw in that trailer. Like, and I don't know if 
that's on her or the direction that she was receiving. I'm curious to see how she plays this role in Endgame and in future films. But uh, yeah, like I don't know. Like I, I found myself not loving her performance in this, and I and it's hard to say because I really like Brie Larson, and there's a certain aspect to her what she brings to this character that I do really like. Like I don't want to see anybody else play the role, but. I don't know. I feel like it could be better <laughs> and that right. I, I struggle with that. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's times in the middle of the movie, it does feel like maybe it drags a little bit, but I feel like a lot of my complaints too are though fairly minor. Like I know you and I disagree on this, Michelle, but I, I, I as much as I love the nineties nostalgia, there's times where I felt like the, it almost felt a little too constant. The '90s needle dropped music being put in the film. It got to a point where I was like, "Okay, I don't think this '90s song belonged here, or this '90s song belongs here." It's like I get, I get that we're in the '90s. I love the '90s too, but it to me it became a bit much with the '90s music, where I felt like it was put in places it didn't really belong. And then there were times where I, because I really enjoyed the score um, by, uh, if I'm getting her name correctly, Pinar Toprock. Um, who I believe is the first female composer on an MCU film. Wow. Um, yeah. And I loved her score, but there's not a lot of it because <laughs> no. there's a lot of 90s music, music instead. Um, and for me, I think that's unfortunate. But um, otherwise, though, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed the film. I agree with you guys on the the um, the effects of their de-aging. I agree with you too, though, Bobby, there was something about Clark Gregg that there were times that I'm like, it's not working for me quite as well as Samuel Jackson. At the same time, it still looks really good. I'm wondering though, as the more I think about it, is it just that because he's having to be so young, maybe he almost looks a little too perfect. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like, because he, he does. He's too smooth. too smooth. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say Clark Gregg's aged well for a guy. Oh, yeah. Like, so to de-age him, it almost is like... Just put hair on him and you're good. I was going to say, it's really just kind of filling in his hairline a little bit and smoothing out very few wrinkles. So almost is <laughs> like he got too polished, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like Because he... he The man has... The man has aged well. Like, he looks good for his age. Like, not that he's old. It's just he's aged very well in normal life. So to de-age him, I think it's hard to find that line maybe. Right. But I think the special effects were really good. Honestly, even just in the fight sequences in the, in the, the, the plane fights that you see later on mm-hmm. and then in, in the sequences out in space are great. Like I'm very happy with everything. The special effects wise in this film goes like from, from top to bottom. I'm yeah. super happy with um, it. And, and going back to the nineties thing. Yeah. I love the 90s and nostalgia for the most part. I even loved how this movie at a, in a lot of times felt like it was shot like a 90s movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple shots when she's on Earth that in action scenes that are shot like 90s action movie scenes. Yeah. Even just other shots. There's one shot where she's walking out of somewhere and there's kind of the, the camera just like pulls out from where she is. And then on, you know, a camera or a car in the foreground, I think with with Nick Fury in it. And it. It just, you have to see it, but it just, yeah. it, as soon as it happened, I'm like, man, this feels so 90s. Yeah. <laughs> like, not just because everything looks 90s, like just that shot, shots, a lot of shots. It felt like it was shot like that kind of movie. Yeah. Um, so I dug that. I, d- I dug that they didn't just stick it in the 90s. They're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to really make this feel like a 90s movie. Yeah. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Overall, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, I, I don't quite understand. I mean, I've seen some, I mean, I feel like most of the reception has been pretty positive. I've definitely come across some like negative stuff and I'm just like, I don't get it. There's been some really negative stuff and I've been like, I feel like you're pushing it a bit much, but there's for the most part is definitely a positive vibe that's out there for sure. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I don't understand why so much negativity. Like then I started to hear some really good things and I was just like, okay, well that makes sense. You know, it sounds like it's just going to be a fun movie. But then I kept starting to hear like these people just talking like, oh, it wasn't that great. It wasn't good. It was this. It was this. It misses the mark. And I'm like, what mark do you think they were aiming for? Like, I mean, it's it's pretty spot on of what I was hoping it would be. It was an introduction to a character that we didn't know about. And it was a solid one. I mean, I feel kind of like you, David. Like, I mean, I like Brie Larson. I don't think that this necessarily was the greatest fit. Um, and I think that may attribute she was being given. Because when it came to the emotional scenes and the times when she was supposed to be emotional and show, you know, type of reaction, she was really good. But then there are times when it's just like the regular dialogue and I was just like, you can be more than just a stiff board and like just sound like you're reciting lines. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. No, I, and I'll agree with you, Yasha, too, about the humor. There's a lot of times the humor I, I don't know. I, 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 I hesitate to call it bad because a lot of times I, I, it was more like I kind of inside, I kind of like, huh, okay, that's funny. <laughs> like it's it like wasn't a, a small yeah. internal chuckle. There is nothing <laughs> yeah. audible yeah. about it. But, but a lot of it, I, in the theater we were in, I, there was a lot of it. There was little to no reaction to a lot of the humor that I don't think I was the only one that wasn't finding it funny. Cause you just sit there and say, like, huh, that was funny. Just like your reaction. Like you just said, I was just like, there are plenty of times when I was just like, huh. you know, like you said, internal, but it's like, <laughs> I was expecting, I think they were expecting like a much stronger, like, oh man, that was good. But it just really, it wasn't, it wasn't there. No. Yeah. And I, there were some jokes like that, especially I think between Captain Marvel and Nick Fury that weren't, that were especially like that. that yeah, I was they, like, those eh. jokes fell flat, I think. I think they're trying really hard to make it very buddy-buddy, and it just kept falling flat a little bit mm-hmm. with their jokes. But at the same time, like I feel like their chemistry, as far as like when they weren't trying to make jokes with each other, was good. But I felt like when they were trying to be buddy-buddy jokey... It wasn't good. Like it was very weird yeah. to watch. Like I was like, this is so awkward. Like I feel like they just can't be natural around each other. Almost right. Yeah. And yeah, we're not talking spoilers, but I, I will, as is expected in a Marvel movie. Yeah, there's a Stanley cameo in it, and it's it's perfect. It like, is the perfect Stanley cameo. I love it. It was so good. <laughs> it was a that one. I I I almost can dare say it might be my favorite. I I would I th- I'd I probably say it might be my favorite. Yeah, I haven't sat and like thought about every cameo he's done in the now twenty one films of Marvel films. But if I sat and I thought about it, it, it would for sure probably be in the top three. Other than this definitely. one, the one I think back to that I think I really like was, and I think it was the first Captain America where he he's playing like a military, like officer or something. I want to say. And I think what I liked about it is that it was because of the period dress he was in. And I think whatever he had like glasses on, I don't think that were his normal looking glasses. Maybe I don't know what it was, but I liked that it was obviously Stan Lee, but it wasn't as obvious. Like he I felt like he blended into the movie a little better than Mm. a lot of his other cameos where it's like as much as I enjoy them. As, as, yeah, as much as I like his cameos, a lot of times it is like, oh, there's the cameo. It's a jarring experience. It's it, 
except for that Captain America one where I'm like, oh, he, he I feel like he belongs here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. But this one, yeah, I, I loved this one. This it was one, really good. Really good. It was really, really, really good. I, Can we I, just address the uh, the Marvel opener with the banner too, though? Like, how awesome was that with nothing but Stanley? It was good. I thought that was beautiful. It was, like, I got goosebumps. Dude, I got teary eyed. It, I, I welled up. I was literally sitting there going, "Oh man, man, Marvel, you're, you're getting me." The movie hasn't even started. So well done. Yeah, it was so well done. And then, it, like, I think they said thank you, Stan, or something like that, right at the beginning. I was just like, I, I mean. The opening banner with nothing but Stan Lee and, you know, all these different cameos and appearances and everything, just nothing but Stan. I was just like, bravo, guys. Like, bravo. Like, way to get the nostalgia going already. Like, I mean, just try it right out. Was that known, like, publicly before the movie dropped or? No. I don't think so, no. Okay, yeah. Because it was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to me, too. Okay. But a pleasant surprise. Like, I do like it when Marvel can actually hold a few secrets. I think it's lovely. It really makes me happy. Yeah. But I mean, overall, like with this film, I will say like, I like the em- women empowering feel that it has without it just being super in your face. Like there was a few moments that I was like, yes, you know, like that's right. Like just, it it felt really good and natural and not, super forced and i'm really happy about that yeah there's there's one moment in particular and you and i have talked about this off here too like the kind of female empowerment kind of it it worked like i it there's didn't a moment feel I teared like up for it, honestly. Uh, it was like a forced oh, okay here comes the this is a female superhero moment like no like it was it was well done it was I, well I done. thought it was powerful and i liked it a lot there was i i teared up a little i literally kind of again and it was the second time in the theater basically it was the stanley thing and then this, and I kind of was like getting emotional. I'm like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, and yeah, like I think you said this, Yasha, about seeing it again. I, I do want to see this again in the theater. And it doesn't have, I think, much to compete against for the next week or two. Yeah. So, I mean, I might. I know I don't see a lot of movies twice in the theaters anymore. But I'd like to see this again and kind of see how I feel after yeah. a second viewing. I but, have a feeling. I'm... You'll feel a little bit different. Really? Yeah. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Uh, you'll watch it differently. Okay. So and, you... and that's because of stuff that I can't say that we haven't gotten the spoilers yet. But you'll definitely watch it differently. Right. And yeah, I got a chance to see it a second time okay. uh, yesterday. All right. I'm concerned. Did you really already? Yeah. My concern with seeing a second time, I think, is is what I was saying earlier in my woman complaint, I think is the overall pacing and kind of the choppiness of the narrative a little bit. And I feel like that could still bother me a lot on a second viewing, but I'm open to it. Right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, speaking of spoilers, if, unless you guys have anything else you want to say, non spoiler discussion, we can, we can jump into some Captain Marvel spoilers. Why not? Do we do a couple minutes to spoil us? A couple minutes, 30 minutes, whatever oh. we do. Wow. Yeah, there's definitely a decent amount to talk about with spoilers, <laughs> for sure. Wow. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's a Marvel movie, Michelle. Do you well, know us? Well, okay, then. Do we yeah, know each other? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> with that, all right. Uh, here's the warning. We're going to talk about spoilers for Captain Marvel from here on out for the rest of the show. So I think we could all agree, if you haven't seen the movie, you should go see it. 
Um, so go check it out if you haven't seen the movie yet and come back and then listen to our spoilers and then also uh, check out Spoiler Effect because Michelle and I have actually already recorded a kind of a spoiler yeah. review of the film Yeah. so uh, that's, a, that's a separate podcast feed so check that out as well so at this point the Star Trek red alert is going up <laughs> yes. spoilers spoilers indeed spoilers danger Will Robinson there's no spoilers okay all right I actually flailed my arms a little bit. That was kind of funny. Did you? I can't. I did. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, all I see are your eyes above the monitor. <laughs> That's all I see. Anyways. You're like the next door neighbor in home improvement. That's all you I You are. You're totally Wilson from here. Like all I see is like the just top part of your nose and your eyes and your forehead. It's like watching Wilson across the computer. All right. We digress. Captain Marvel. <laughs> Uh, all right. We're, I mean, we're, start back with Yasha. Where, where to begin? Oh, oh God damn it! No, okay, no, okay. Well, we'll, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> have to start well, with let's anybody. Just, we let's can just, just talk random. We'll, we, we can talk about the Stan Lee cameo since we already touched on that recently. Oh, we could. Um, yeah, I guess to follow up what we just discussed, like the cameo I liked that whole him studying his Mallrat script on the train since this is in the nineties. And saying those lines and yeah no i i dug that it, it got did, me it did feel like it had been like edited changed since they had originally filmed it i because i, I want to say the first shot of somebody felt like a stand-in but i've only seen it once bobby you've seen it twice maybe i'm crazy yeah no i, I don't know i i get what you're saying because at first i wasn't for sure that was him but then once uh he, she lowered uh, once uh, Captain Marvel lowers like the, the the script or whatever. He he, you see that it's him. But when you first sort of hear his voice, I wasn't for sure that it was him at first. And then, yeah, obviously it was. But um, the the way it maybe sort of looks like it it may have been edited. And I was heard this somewhere else is that um, once they show the shot of her kind of looking at him. It's sort of this extended look and, and sort of like this this smile that she gives. And it's kind of like maybe that got edited in. Like That, uh, that was the impression like, I got, that her yeah. reaction yeah. to him was probably different yeah. than it was originally intended to be. Yeah, that's kind of the yeah. impression I got. Like they initially had one reaction and then it, then it changed to a different reaction. It, it's and changed it to a really more good. like kind of acknowledging him. It almost felt like a... Like a, like a high stand like yeah yeah it was yeah it just felt like it was her just saying like oh high stand it was a tip like, of the hat to like, you no. a tip of my hat to you sir yeah like it was yeah it was touching and it it got me a little bit in the feels and i i loved it a lot like it just felt it was a really good goodbye did you guys see kevin smith's response to that yeah yeah no, what did he say? Oh, oh, you need to get get on his Instagram or his Twitter and take a look at the photo he posts. Like it's yes, yeah, he's just like I'm blubbering like a baby. I've just been referenced in a Marvel film by no other than you know huh. my hero, and he's just it was just it, it like he was caught up in the emotion of it, and it's really sweet. Yeah, um, and, and as much as I I. I think that's probably one of the things that makes me like this cameo so much is just because I know how much Kevin Smith loves the MCU movies and just the general comic book stuff out there 
as a whole, but specifically he you can usually catch him on his podcast talking so much about the MCU stuff because of Infinity War and just all the movies. So I'm sitting there imagining him watching this movie and knowing how he would probably feel as he sees that scene unfold. So that's what really makes it special as well as obviously Stan being there in the nineties and doing his, his reciting lines for, for mall rats. Um, I, I would say for me, that probably would be my second favorite, but I think it's just right behind on the heels of, um, I, I, of into the spider verse. I'm, I'm like, mm, should I count that one? Since it's not MCU, but mm. it's still a Stan appearance. So it's still kind of like, for me, that one's, I think. I, you know what? I feel like such an asshole. I didn't even catch it that he was reciting lines for for Mallrats. I feel like such a douchebag. Like, I really do. Because, I mean, I, I guess I just missed it. I don't know how I missed it, but I did. I mean, it's quick. I can see. Like, it's it's a quick glimpse of the, the script he's holding in front of him that says Mallrats on it. But I could, I could see how you could miss it. And it's not like it's the camera sits on him for a while. Yeah, I was so interested in seeing behind it, behind what was on the paper. I didn't actually take the time to read it, and I just was like, "What, really? Oh man, I missed that. Damn it!" Oh, see now, now you got. We all have to go see it a second time. Just how it is. Amen. So, what other spoilers? Ben oh, Mendelsohn, so- awesomeness. See, I don't. <gasps> I, I think I'm on the minority side of the Ben Mendelsohn oh, thing I think because you are. everybody. Yeah, everybody's been praising him, and I felt like, to me, sometimes it didn't feel like his character fit inside the same movie, just because it at times it felt a little, a little, a little like it was too much actual Ben Mendelsohn, and 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 it was like slightly campy to to a certain extent, and then other times it, it completely worked for me. And it, but there was just certain times with his posture and the way he was talking, it just kind of almost took me out of it a little bit. Overall, I did like him in, in it, don't get me wrong, but there was just certain times where it just felt a little too extra. And it was just kind of like, eh, it, it pulled me a little bit. But um, I definitely liked his character and would love to see more of his character. And especially once when I watched it a second time, getting to pull some of the things that they were doing um there with the character and and his motivations rang real true especially when you see that what he's fighting for is to get back his his wife or his partner and all of the other refugees that were on that on the on the ship yeah i i mean i i see what you mean in that because i had seen a lot of reactions before i'd saw the movie that oh he steals the show kind of reactions and yeah. I wouldn't say that. Like yeah, I wouldn't that, go that, that far. That feels a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I really enjoyed his performance. I, I, I think I see what you're saying, but I guess at the same time, what you're referring to didn't really bother me. And I just really enjoyed him in I'm, the role. Mm-hmm. But but I, I definitely wouldn't argue that, oh, my God, he was amazing. He stole the show. Let's, that, I would let's, say, yeah, calm, calm down a little bit. Let's back down. I, I think for me, um, I think that getting behind that makeup for him in a way was almost freeing. Like, I feel like he was able to feel very comfortable and just do what he felt was, was right for the role. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Some people get in makeup like that and they just open up, you know, and I think that kind of happened here a little bit, I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a little odd because in that, you know, I don't know about you, but you you have someone, an actor who puts on that kind of makeup and it maybe would feel like they're going to play more of a character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think what it sounds like you're also saying, Bobby, it's like it does feel like it is just Ben Mendelsohn, like in make in makeup. <laughs> but I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with it, like because he is in makeup. It is a different looking character, and this this scroll acting like that worked for me. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it. I thought it worked for me as well. I think we're sometimes. I really can point to one major scene that I think seemed to pull me, and that was when he's at the at um, Maria Rambo's house mm. and. They find that he's there and he's just behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and he's like drinking some soda, mm-hmm. and 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 in the way he's talking and the way he's sort of moving, it just felt like it was him in a suit and just doing some shtick for a second. And it was like it was weird because why would a scroll be drinking? I don't know. It just it just that one scene really kind of like bugged me a little bit. And then, but everything else in terms of the, the, the humor with his character, uh, was fine, but it just was certain times where the language, it, it felt like he was speaking in such a way or acting in such a way that it just, it, it, it just felt sort of weird to me. But, um, yeah, like I said, on a whole, I, I did enjoy what he was doing with the role. So real quick, speaking of Maria Rambo, what I really liked about what they did with her character is I like that they basically had that entire flight chase scene and she was piloting and she was bad ass. Like it was really awesome because I feel like they easily could have been like, oh, well, Carol Danvers is obviously the superior pilot. She's the one that's really awesome. And she is. She's an amazing pilot. But Maria's also a really kick-ass pilot too, and I'm glad that they got to show that. It was like, uh, it was like that moment when you get to, you know, really see that like like Brody really can. He's really awesome and kick-ass on his own with Iron Man. You know, like I like seeing that the best friend is also just as badass as the lead character. I'm like, that's right, because best friends like that's. You know, the other person's not we- as weak. They they basically are very similar for a reason. And right. yeah, it was just cool. And that was a really awesome chase sequence too, honestly. Just them flying through the canyons and her pulling those maneuvers. I was like, hells yeah, girl. Get it. Yeah, that was a pretty cool scene. It was. Can we just address the flirking real quick though? The flirking? <laughs> You're just going that to it. That threw me off. I did not know what the <laughs> hell that was out of nowhere. I did not expect that. That caught me by surprise. I was like, whoa, wait, what? Whoa, what the shit? It, and, you know what? It yeah. was a very like men in black moment for me when that happened. Oh, very much so. Yeah, like, very much so. It, it was like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, well, so David, I know you had read some uh, Captain Marvel prior to the movie coming out, like yeah. maybe sometime last year. Was the cat in the in the comics that you read, or was that later no, on? No, that must have been later on because it wasn't in any of the ones I read. So I didn't know what was going on oh. with the cat going into this movie. 
Like I was, I knew it was something. I knew this wasn't just a cat. And obviously they kind of addressed that pretty quickly, but you still Mm kind of don't know what they mean, you know, like, so when it finally does its first thing, (laughs) I was like, Whoa, okay. I didn't quite expect that. I mean, it didn't bother me. I kind of liked it. I mean, I kind of wondered like, did, and, and this was just way before we knew what it was, but I was kind of like, is this supposed to be like Annette Bening's like character, like is now embodied inside the cat somehow? The doctor, what, Dr. Lawson? What was her name? Dr. La- yeah. Lawson? Yeah. yeah. Like I was wondering for a while, like did something happen and now her like presence is inside the cat? I had that thought at one point during mm. the film. Do you know what I mean? That would have been weird. I'm glad that wasn't the case. No, I am too. I'm just simply <laughs> saying like, because it was just, you know, the cat was a major focus and I'm like, is there something about this cat? And because it was technically Dr. Lawson's cat. So I was like, what's going on here? And I'm glad that's not what the case was, but I definitely was like, obviously something's up with the cat. Like, clearly, there's a lot of focus there. Well, I mean, while we're talking about the cat, then I'm going to jump to the next thing, because now I'm curious to ask everybody. Bobby, I'm going to start with you. Like, what what's your feels? What's your thoughts on how Fury lost his eye? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of, figured that might be the possibility of what would happen. I'm not, I'm indifferent, I guess. Um, I would have hoped for something better uh, just because in the comics, you know, that he kind of loses it, loses it in war. And in the MCU, he says he lost it due to um, someone he trusted or something like that. So it's kind of like to actually see it in, in, what the reality of it it's kind of like okay but then at the same time i was like well they probably could have did something better but it didn't bother me all right yasha what'd you think yeah i thought it was kind of dumb (laughs) i I, I did i mean i just felt like it was kind of rushed and it was just like oh and by the way he lost this is how he loses his eye i would have much rather like if he was just like i know this is generic and it's making i understand that but like you know they're fighting and they're all doing this and stuff like that maybe almost getting shot um something ricocheting but just to have the flurkin basically scratch him like i just kind of was like ah, all right and it's like as soon as it happened i was like okay so that's how he loses his eye whatever like it was it very just felt like a very toss in moment for me and i just you know i could have done with a different direction or a different thought when it came to it. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was a cheap joke, and I eye-rolled at it. The In the for moment it happened, I was I eye-rolled and was like, oh, God, what a cheap joke. And then I sat with it for a second, and then I thought back to the scene in Winter Soldier and his whole line delivery, you know, with, you know, and he says, so how did you lose the eye? He's like, oh, that's the last time I trusted a, fr- a person, or last time I trusted says, a friend. I think the line is, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Right. The last time, yeah, I was wondering if they referenced it. I couldn't remember what it was. With that line in mind, I'm good with it. But literally, if that line never happened at any point in time in this entire journey of the MCU, I'd I'd really hate this moment. That's funny that that's what that's what changes it for you. That's what seals the deal for me because that really shows like. And, and it makes sense because of his affection with the cat and him trusting the cat in this whole moment. I mean, I, I agree with you. I haven't, I haven't gotten to my take yet because it's funny, though, too, because that's what a lot of people hate about it. They A lot of people I'm noticing are looking back at that line and they feel like that means like 
kind of like you're saying, Bobby, it was something major that happened in war or something like it was a bit, it would have been a bigger moment. But I, I agree though, that I think the line, it makes the line even more awesome. No, <laughs> like, it does. It totally does. You know, cause when you think back to his now, this, his relationship with this cat in this movie and how he did seem to like, he trusted this cat. Like he was all like, lovey dovey with this cat and 100% this, turns in. out this cat is this badass monster. <laughs> and you know, now he's still like, I trust you though. We're friends, right? We're cool. Ha ha ha. And no, no, don't treat me that way. I'm going to scratch your face. Uh, <laughs> Like I, okay. I think it makes the line perfect. It it makes it makes me smile when I think back to the line now, and that's why I love what they did with the the eye. Yeah. I mean, I'm also someone who's not tied into any kind of source material with Nick Fury and his backstory and either. how it's normally done. But I think I, what I also like about it is that going into this movie, it felt like a thing. Like, okay, so are they going to handle how he loses his eye in this movie? And it seemed to be like, is it going to be a scroll that does it or what? Or And for it to just be a, this cat, even though it's not a cat, but for it to just be this cat, I'm like, ah, oh, see, it's nice that it's not some big thing. Like, we didn't make a thing of it. It's just, it's just stupid cat. Well, it's, it's also <laughs> why he doesn't talk about it. It's embarrassing. A cat did it. Right. Like, that's why he doesn't talk about it. (laughs) Right. Like, that's why he doesn't. thinks it was like, because he didn't tell the scrolls something and then they did that to him. So it's like. Right. He he makes up a story behind it. But. And it's it's this ongoing joke throughout the entire MCU films. Like, it's this thing. Like, it's awesome. It's even in the shield. Like, they talk about it in shield. Like, somebody's like, so Fury's eye. And Coulson's like, don't ask. Like, it's a thing. Like, I love it. Like, it's this whole, it's a whole shtick. I get it. It's it's great. What were you going to say, Bobby? I was just going to say, it's kind of like one of those things where, um, in a weird sort of way, Coulson's eye could be the same thing as... uh, Joker's scars in in the the Dark Knight when they always ask him like how did he get this smile or whatever the story always changes yeah yeah the story always changes so it could be like he just says something different every time to someone whoever asks so it could be his own little inside joke but I think um it did the the funny thing about it is that you would think okay the cat scratched his eye or the flurkin scratched his eye like. Why would he lose his eye? But there was a point when uh, Samuel L. Jackson, he's like, oh, you know, it, it's fine or something. And then they tra- they, the camera shows Talos, Talos and he's shaking his head like, nah, no, it's yeah, not he has fine. This, he has this like ugly, <laughs> so mortified not- look on his face and he's like, no, that's, man, that's it's not, not good. Okay. It's not going to be okay. Yeah, it's yeah like, that, that was he great. Knows that- it, since it's not a cat, it's something else that that's not just like a regular scratch. So right, exactly. it's probably something that's more poisonous or something that would actually, <laughs> you know, hurt. And that's that's uh, one thing that I did really enjoy is when this, you know, everybody is like Ben Mendelsohn's reaction to Samuel Jackson when he held up the cat was like, keep that thing away from me. And I'm like, really? Like, I was like, I don't remember the Cree being super scared or uh, squirrels being super scared of cats like I, don't know, I was completely taken back I was just like what are they talking about why is his reaction so adverse but yeah it totally made it clear later on <laughs> like clear as fucking day right right that was another thing that we didn't really talk about that I, I actually enjoyed is that once they do the reveal of the scrolls um, they sure they turn out to be the good guys in the story, which 
is a twist from the comics because scrolls are or are, are always have always been traditionally bad guys mm-hmm. and not that the Kree are much better but the the scrolls have always gotten the the bad take in terms of being the villains and I, I what I liked about this is one that they switched it up so that you wouldn't know that because you're just you're going off your own history of the scrolls so you're thinking they're the bad guys but two it also makes them um more human in a sense in that where humans that they're all humans aren't all bad or all good you know there's bad people there's good people right. and in this it makes it to where now you can have good scrolls and bad scrolls which wasn't a thing before to my knowledge that there was ever good scrolls and so now like having that it still leads a pathway to where you could have a scroll invasion or secret secret wars or uh, secret invasion. I mean, to where um, there could be a, a faction of bad scrolls that have in the interim of between the '90s movie and now could be like a, a regime change, and now they have a totally different political outlook and, and they're they're bad or, or a certain section of them are bad and, and trying to do things. So I, I really like that they made them good in this movie. Well, it's like I'm curious to see what the full connection is going to be with. OK, so Ben Middleton played the character Talos and he didn't realize he had a daughter and he has a daughter. And I feel like it kind a girl. Of... I thought it was, was a girl. A and I've seen it twice. Oh, okay. maybe it's a boy. I don't oh, know. I don't know. But I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering. My point is, is so Talos has this kid, but I feel like there was moments they specifically said things. And like, there's moments where it seemed like there was a, an interesting focus on his kid. And so I'm like, is this kid going to grow up and play a key role coming up later on that we don't know yet? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. So basically, like, here's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, like, there's a moment where he tells his partner, like, cover her eyes. That's why I think it's a girl, because they cover her eyes. That's what it was. And so she does, and but she still gets away and still sees him shoot, you know. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And so she that. sees it, but then she looks back at him. And it's, like, this weird moment of, like, he just shot people or shot whatever, you know, like it seemed like they, there was extra importance put yes. in that moment that felt unnecessary. But not just unless that moment. Unless it means something else in the future. And it's not just that moment. It's so Maria's daughter, Monica says, whenever you change, don't change your eyes, always leave them. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. Like, and it was really clear like there was it was like that was supposed to have been a background conversation behind the table conversation that was happening in the film. And I'm like, how come all of a sudden you hear this portion of their conversation super crystal clear? Hmm. And I was like, it was just moments like that. And there was another one, I think, earlier when he first sees his child. But there was like three times and I'm like, that is really I feel like we're lingering here for something. And I just was like, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. Right. But it makes me curious. Mm. Mm. I, well, I love how you guys are like, I don't know. Michelle's crazy, but it's well, fine. No, I didn't get that <laughs> sense from that. I didn't get that sense from that scene, but I, I did feel like that they were setting up something with Ronan because he wasn't in it much. But there's that line that he says, you know, we'll come back for the weapon. And then the 
on guys like the the cube or the tesseract and and then he's like no the woman and so that's like well how does that pay off knowing what you know you know later when you watch guardians of the galaxy so See, that's actually what I was kind of disappointed with when it came to the whole Ronin cameo. Like, I thought he would have a much more impactful role in this movie. Like, he really didn't do much. It was more just for the nostalgia type of style. Like, oh, cool, there's Ronin. And then that was it. He just stood there. He didn't do anything. Like, I thought we were going to get a chance to really see him interact with everybody or see him interact a little bit or something, but... He didn't. He didn't do anything. He didn't do shit. I thought it was. I thought it was a wasted, um, a wasted moment. Yeah, I mean, it's not. You're not wrong in this. In that sense, I. I that's why I feel like maybe they were setting that up for something that we'll see pay off in a sequel. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, if they, if you if they don't, then it does seem like it was kind of a why use Ronan like you could have used anyone so yeah. it just like it was weird in that sense hmm. yeah i'm wondering is this something that we're going to see it's going to come up during end game or is this something that's going to be even more future down the road like it's i'm i'm my gears are turning you know well you figure it it's like what are they going to do sort of similar to wonder woman in that the sequel still will take place um in the past you know right this, yeah in the past so it'll take place in like 2010. <laughs> well, yeah, because what? I mean, it would have to be. It would have to be before Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And Guardians of the Galaxy came out when in 2014, 13 or so. 2014. 2014. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, you would think maybe it takes place in 2010, and maybe that's why she wasn't able. Like, you know, everyone's sort of saying online, well, how come she didn't help in the first Avengers movie? Well, maybe there is something that happens between her and Ronan and she's not able to answer some call that maybe Nick Fury did off screen. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they maybe address that or if they address it at all. Well, and I'm I'm wondering if it's not so much specifically between her and Ronan, but just her and the Kree in general. Um, mm. mostly just because I feel like if she were to come back across Ronin, she would have defeated Ronin. So it makes me wonder, maybe it's not even just have to be a flashback. It could be something either at in game or even after in game that still isn't, it still involves the Kree and her, but not maybe her and Ronin specifically like Roman's predecessor or something. So, so do you think the sequel that she's going to have, um, is going to take place after in game or is it going to take place? With her off doing her own thing. I could see it going either way. Because, I mean, it's like, I mean, I guess, because he's very much, he says, you know, we're going to come back for the weapon. And he's referring to her. But it's like, you know, we know what happens to Ronan because he interacts with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I feel like that's just, to me, that's just a little bit too much back and forth. Like, oh, this took place before the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then this this other movie that she did, this took place before Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, just remember that, you know, like it, I feel like it's a little bit too much jumping around at that point. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I just think that it's weird because they put themselves in a position where, yeah, you could do another one where it takes place in the past, 
But at the same time, it's sort of like with Wonder Woman, you see in a second a sequel with her in the past, but you kind of want to see also some of what she's doing in, in the current uh, DC universe. But then same thing with Captain Marvel. Once you've seen her in Endgame, you're going to want to see what she's like in today's world as opposed to kind of telling a story in the past. And especially if they ever want to get to Miss Marvel, who is another MC or Marvel character that uh, a lot of people want to see uh, on the big screen or in some form of live action because she is inspired by and, and, and Captain Marvel is her hero. So that's how she ends up taking on the moniker of Miss Marvel. And I know Kevin Feige has said that he wants to uh, have that character of Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Uh, appear at some point but you can't get there until mm-hmm. the world knows of who she is in a sense so maybe that happens in endgame but that's what uh, i'm thinking yeah, it'll, it'll be weird to see i'm thinking endgame's gonna have a lot more than we think it's gonna have yeah could be for sure but anywho there was um the the other aspect that i think i, I was uh interested in to hear at least what you guys thought was that um i heard a lot of people talking about and and maybe this is what david was alluding to with some of the the 90s needle drops that uh people did not like the gwen stefani needle drop uh, <gasps> i'm just a girl oh um, that one was actually one of my favorites okay i so like Michelle, that, I like that like one it. too yasha liked it oh. david what'd you think See now, when did that happen? I forget. It was like towards the in when she was sort of fully getting her powers, and then um, it was oh, okay. after Nirvana's "Come As You Are." So I feel like yeah, there's yeah. so many after other. She comes out. Go ahead. I, f- I feel like there's so many other strong women songs that they could have put in there if that's the theme that they're trying to go with that. But I like the Gwen Stefani throwing mm-hmm. because like. That that played really well to the scene that they were doing. See, and this is this is one of the things one of my my things I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the '90s music, but I enjoyed the focus on women's '90s music, and that's what really kind of got me. Like they had some really like late '80s, early '90s heart playing, and that was awesome. They had no doubt. They had whole like I was digging in on some of that like I was like I'm feeling this this is good because like for me those songs for me are what I grew up with in the 90s and that's that was an epitome of woman power at the time and I really enjoyed that I will say and as much as I love Nirvana's Come As You Are I thought that was kind of weird when she was going up against the um uh what is it the supreme intelligence yeah that felt a little weird but I still kind of liked it I don't know yeah but I like the note I liked the no doubt I mean that's just I feel like that's just like it just adds to like what we've talked about when it comes to like maybe the direction wasn't spot on or, you know, as concise as it probably could have been. Or, you know, when it came to her acting or reciting her lines and doing the roles and some of the stuff like that, it just felt like some of the stuff maybe didn't really niche quite like it was supposed to or how they envisioned it was going to. Does it make sense? Yeah. Well, to answer your question, uh, I... uh, I don't think I had a problem with that song in particular, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'll definitely be seeing it again, and then maybe I'll I'll let you know. But I don't think right. it was that one in particular that I had a problem with. I think a, a lot of the kickback against it from what I was seeing out there was 
people felt it was a little too on the nose, like in terms of, okay, mm-hmm. we get it. She's a girl. She's got these powers. So right. it was at this point, people were starting to feel like they were getting beat over the head with it. But I don't know. I, I, I read it the same way you guys did, honestly. I, I yeah. liked it in that moment. It didn't feel like it was uh, a little too on the nose. I mean, it is, but it just felt like it fit well at that point to me and it, it in fact it felt more like a punctuation mark in terms yes. of now she's fully into her powers and she's kicking ass and that kind of thing so yeah i i liked it at that point but I then mean, um i that's exactly how i feel like i i yeah it's extremely on the nose but you know what that's just the thing it's kind of this joke you know that whole song is oh you know, it's Gwen Stefani saying, like, joking, like, oh, I'm just a girl. Look at little old me, Tweedledum, Tweedledee. I'm so silly. And that's the, the point is, is, is it saying that's how the world is looking at me. And that's not what what's happening. Like, like, that's how the world perceives a, a, a lot of the femi- a lot of women. And that's the whole point of that song is to make fun of the fact that what people seem to think of women is just so incorrect and and we're so much stronger than that. And that's exactly what Brie Larson's literally proving in that moment. And it's just so good. (laughs) Like I really liked it. Like it just what you said, Bobby, it's an exclamation point on that moment. It's like, yep, here I am boys. I'm here to kick your ass. I liked it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm interested to see the role that she plays in, um, in uh, Endgame, because, I mean, mm-hmm. she's had a lot of time to develop her powers and mm-hmm. see how strong she's gotten. And it's going to be interesting, because she, like, the reaction that she, the, that that final scene, that reaction that she had was not one of, like, you know, I'm here to kind well, of just bullshit, gotcha. but she was, she looked, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because since we're in spoilers, why don't you uh, explain that final scene so we can kind of all talk about that the mid-credit scene for a right. uh, prologue for in-game yeah. yeah i mean i just thought it was great i mean it, it was you know it's basically one of the strongest lead-ins to well i, mean, I just kind of say hard to one of those strong lead-ins i guess one of the, the lead-ins that i was most looking forward to uh for was Endgame with you know cap there um bruce banner there uh, um what's her name um Scarlett Johansson's character, the Black Widow. Thank you. She was there. And they're all just kind of talking about this destruction and all this that happened and, you know, what happened to Fury and that this pager, this device was signaling something and who is it? And then to have her show up at the end with, you know, looking very different, you know, which I think is good because it's years later and just the simple question of where's fury and it i mean i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it like i'm excited to see their interaction because she is obviously going to bring a lot of light to who these characters are that they faced in the last movie in infinity war and i think she's going to be absolutely pissed and at the same time ought to really add a, another element to this mcu that they have created so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch yeah I thought like they set that up so good in terms of that's what you're waiting for at that point when you're watching the movie and, you know, even from the beginning of the movie and throughout the movie, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but there's points where I'm like, I can't wait to get to the end of this movie just so I can see what they're doing with the, with the next movie. Cause you just, 
know that they're going to have some sort of tie in to end game. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I want, I'm ready to see what that is. And then to get that moment where it gives you just enough in terms of your scene, like, like Yasha mentioned, the, the effects around the world of what uh, the snap did. And then, you know, they're still trying to essentially figure out what this pager thing is and what it, and who's who's that signal going to just because uh with like black widow said it, if it was important to fury then it must be something and then for fear for for black widow to turn around and and then captain marvel is just there it's like it's it, to me what makes that moment so cool is just that i don't know what kind of defense systems the the avengers <laughs> headquarters must have and just the fact that Black Widow is a trained assassin and no one knew that she even got yeah. into the building, let alone was just standing right no, behind them. Nobody sneaks so up on Natasha, man. Right. Yeah. And yet she was just like right there. And so that was like, it said so much without saying anything really. And it was just like, yeah. And like Yasha said, when she's just like, where's Fury? You, it, it, she knows it's got to be serious because she knows that all this time he hasn't paged her that we know of, and now it's going on that it's something big happening. And she maybe she knows because maybe she's witnessed people disappearing on other worlds all around the universe and knows something big is happening. Yeah, I mean, basically for her, it's been 25, from what we know... 25 years basically have gone by from last time she saw fury in essence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah, it was, it it was an interesting scene, even just like the way that Natasha kind of brushes off what Bruce says. I'm like, Ooh, there was a cold shoulder. What the hell happened between her and Brucey? Like, I don't know. It was just interesting. It was a very interesting quick. I mean, for as short as that was, there was a lot of information that came out of that. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how she's going to play. But speaking of her powers, like it's just as interesting. I was waiting for the whole film for Captain Marvel to just really embrace her powers and just let loose and to see her basically be a missile of damage shooting through spaceships. Like they were paper, <laughs> like yeah, literally awesome. basically blowing a nose into tissue. Like it was just nothing. I was like, yeah, Holy cow. And so badass. And at the same time, it's amazing because I feel like, and Bobby, you probably know this more, but I always was under the impression that, Captain Marvel is always like in the top like five or three of the most powerful like superheroes in the Marvel universe. Yeah, she's she's definitely I mean, well, Earth based because then okay. once you start getting caught level then yeah there's other people like silver surfer and galactus and all that but right but it's always like her and dr strange and scarlet witch are always the most like they're always up on the list of like the most powerful ones and it's like you see what she did and you're like uh yeah i get that like super get that now And and it's interesting too because a lot of people either forget or don't know that um Rogue got her powers by siphoning off some of the power of Captain Marvel. That's so right. Yeah, that's why she's able to be as powerful as she is. So it's just um, interesting that now we get this character that's essentially like a, a Superman in mm-hmm. a sense, for lack yeah. of a better word. That yeah. uh, what 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 can what can she do that um, I guess, or what can someone else do to stop her? Really, 
Yeah. And, and Ooh, I wonder if she right. and Jean Grey have ever gone toe to toe, like her and Phoenix. Mm. Oh, see, I don't think so. Well, maybe because there was a whole Avengers versus X Men comic that came out. I was a just thinking because I mean, Jean Grey is also one of the most powerful ones too. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> We're fanboying. Yeah, it's all good. David's been quiet. I don't, I don't know. What, what did you think quiet. of that? Last he's just been si- he's been sitting over here with like his hand on his chin, just going, "Hmm." Really? This whole, like he's been taking everything we've said in. I could see him, and he's just like, "Hmm." He's thinking. There's processes happening. I could set, the the gears are moving hard. So, so you're asking me what I thought about the mid credit scene or the end credit scene? Yeah, the mid the mid credit scene. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was fine. Like. You know, I mean, it's it's not like it's some big revelation, you know, and that we know she's going to be in the movie. And it is kind of cool like to see, OK, like here is a, an actual scene of her with these other characters. So that's cool. But I mean, it's it's like like half a second, <laughs> like, her, you know, of her like, where's Nick Fury? And then boom, it's over. Like, I mean, I'm not like talking trash about the scene. It was it was fine. It was just I don't know. I think there's been enough. In true fashion, it scene. was a teaser. It was just the teaser. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's been enough scenes where it was like a big revelation kind of thing. That that's not what this was, you know. I mean, unless right. you were someone who didn't know if she was going to be in the movie, which I don't know how you would have thought she wouldn't have been in the movie. Right. So, to, I would say maybe that's possible only in the fact that the general going the general audience that isn't like so in tuned to everything and I, because they're seeing here, yeah. for the first time and then the what the two little things that we've had for avengers in game never showed her in it so mm-hmm. it could be a surprise for that general audience right. but the people know no already and then the very end credit scene is is cute like uh, if anything yeah, though and, and I talked about this on spoiler effect I actually was kind of a little disappointed in the scene in the end because it was like it seemed so obvious that that's what the cat flirkin whatever the hell it's called was going to do like it's oh it's going to puke up the tesseract but because it was so obvious part of me was really hoping it was just going to be like in the end just the cat like coughing up a fur ball onto like his keyboard or something and then just walking off I thought that would have actually played better and been that funnier. funnier. Because, that would have been funnier. Because it was just like, duh, it's a, she's about to puke up the Tesseract. And then, but when she actually did that, I was like, oh, well, that was obvious. <laughs> Come right. On. No, I know what you're saying. It would have been funnier if it had just been like a huge ass hairball. And then she just was like, ugh, and then walks off of his desk. Right. Like she does it right on his keyboard, like, like a cat would, just to be like, you know what? Fuck you today. <laughs> Exactly. Like it would have been such a cat thing to do, but no, it's obvious it's going to be the tesseract, and sure enough, there it mm. is in all its blue glory. Clean that shit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear back from everybody. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at flicker underscore effect. Uh, you can find these episodes on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Flickr Effect. And uh, yeah, you can always just visit flickereffect.com for all of your Flickr Effect and Spoiler Effect needs. You can download episodes there, stream them there, find links to us on Apple Podcasts and such. So yeah, go check that out. Uh, with that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. 
I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Thank you.